0: Jesus, we could sing that song all day long. Oh, it's joy to our soul to sing about you, to declare our belief in you. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Lord, your word is living, your word is active, your word is sharper than any two edged sword. And Lord, as we just think about your word, Lord, I pray that your voice would be higher than any voice in this building that you gently would whisper into our minds and into our hearts if we need to bring adjustment if you need to address any area of our life oh lord we know that you do it for our good we know that you do it because you love us so lord whatever you want to say To us this morning. We just want to use these moments in a busy world right now to still our hearts and listen to you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Fantastic. Well, as you know, over the last weeks, we've been uh, just thinking about this whole area of church life. There is no place. Like home, this is our home, this is our family, and um, this is the place that Jesus has brought us together. He hasn't brought us uh, into just being a part of this building, He's interwoven our lives together. He really has. He's brought the person who's alongside you, in front of you, and behind you to be a part of your life. And what a wonderful family! that we have here. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we were looking at uh, when Paul went to the Corinthian church, God's family in Corinth, and he was concerned about some of the things that were happening in that family. There were relational issues. There were all kinds of different behaviors that Paul was concerned about, and he wrote them a letter. There were lots of good things, but there were some things in the family In the home at Corinth that Paul as a father was really concerned about. So he began to encourage them in the letter that he wrote. The letter that we have in our Bibles called 1 and 2 Corinthians. And he began, you know, just to itemize some things. uh, Readdress some of the values that that they'd got. And he began to adjust their focus. One of the things that he commended them on was the fact... That they came behind in no gift. That's one of the phrases that you find in the letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He began to tell them about the gifts that they had. They had amazing gifts, this family. It was the type of church that everybody wanted to be in. It had amazing speakers. He, he spoke to them about the intelligence they had. He spoke to them about the spiritual gifts they had. They came behind in no gift. He spoke to them about the eloquence they had. They had some really good speakers, some really good preachers. They were doing well in so many areas. And yet, after it all, after he'd commended them, after he'd spoke about all of these great spiritual gifts that they had, at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I want to show you a more excellent way, a more excellent way, a way that they had not been privy to. A way almost that they had neglected. A way that they had never thought of. A way that had escaped their attention. They had put all of their energies into developing their gifting. And they'd done it well. They had put all of their energies into spiritual things. They'd put all of their energies and all of their effort and all of their commitment into speaking well. Into being eloquent. Into being relevant. This was an amazing group people but Paul said you've missed something and I want to show you the more excellent way. I want to show you the most excellent way. It's not necessarily the way that you would have gone. It's not the way that you would be thinking of. You think that Christ and his church and his kingdom is all about spiritual gifting. You, sp- you think that Christ and his kingdom is all about developing the way that you can speak and being eloquent and being up there and promoting yourself but you've missed the most excellent way and I want to show you the most excellent way he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and I can imagine some of the people there in Corinth thinking well is he going to show us some greater dimension of prayer is Paul going to show us how to prophesy? Is Paul going to show us how to move in the, mir- in, in the miraculous? Is he going to show us how to, you know, operate in signs and wonders and gifted, gifts of healing? They had all of these ideas and all of these things were operating in this amazing church. And you can imagine the, the wheels of their minds turning. What's Paul going to do? What is this most excellent way that he's going to expose to us? What is it, Paul? Show us this more excellent way. And then, at the end of chapter 12, coming into chapter 13, he shows them the more excellent way. He exposes them to the wonderful colors of what the kingdom of God is all about. He begins to show them all of the wonderful glories of what the Christ life in an individual life is all about. And it's not necessarily all of the things that we would attribute the Christian life to be. If you think that the Christian life is just moving in miracles, signs and wonders and having a prayer life and all of the other spiritual disciplines that you would associate with being a Christian. If you think that being a Christ follower is all those things, you're wrong. There's a more excellent way. Paul moves into 1 Corinthians 13. Because if you have this in place, the gifts will function correctly. The miracles will manifest in the right way and not the wrong way. Your prayer life will be effective because of this. This is the more excellent way that Paul showed these cold-hearted believers in Corinth. He said, love... Suffers long. You want to know what the more excellent way is, church? You want to know what it is? Love suffers long. And is kind. Love does not envy. But Paul, I thought that you were going to enlist us into some Bible program. Paul, I thought that you were going to show us how to develop some discipline. Paul, I thought that you were going to show us all of these details about what it is to be a spiritual person, Paul. Is this the most excellent way? This is the most excellent way, church. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. Love doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked, it doesn't think evil, it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it endures all things. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish. So Paul shows this church, these believers that had advanced, that had ran down the road so far a more excellent way. They had developed their giftings. They had developed all of, the, all of the wonderful spiritual side of life. They developed all of that. But this more excellent way was so undeveloped He said to them gently and tenderly as a father because he loved them. He really did. He loved them. He said you become like a noisy symbol with all of your gifts, with all of your praying, with all of your reciting of the Bible, with all of the spiritual things you do. You become like a clanging symbol because there's no love in your heart. You're taking your brother to the law court. You're arguing and backbiting and fighting. This shouldn't be in the house of God. One minute you're you're moving in miracles, and then the next minute you're fighting and thinking evil things about each other. No. If you're part of God's family, if you're in God's house, if you're part of his kingdom... There's a more excellent way that pervades everything that we do. And here it is, church, and he displays it in the most wonderful of ways. You see, the more excellent way is not a method of life. It's not a procedure. It's not a formula. The more excellent way in life that Paul spoke about that he revealed to these people was actually and is actually a person. And we know who that person is. His name, none other. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Did not Jesus say, I am the way, the truth and the life? He didn't come to his disciples or to anybody else and say, listen, I show you a way. I've come to show you the most effective way in life. I've come to show and point the way forward. No, he said, I am the way. I am the way. If you want to see the way forward in life, it's in me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Whenever you follow Jesus, whenever you go his way, whenever you recognize that he is the way, you are walking in the footsteps of the most excellent way you really are. He said, knock and the door shall be opened. Is there an obstacle in your life today that you can't overcome? Is there relational issues that you face that come up time and time again? Are there things in your workplace, in your world that are a barrier to you and they've been a barrier to you and sometimes they come and sometimes they go but it's it's an unrelenting thing that that opposes you. What is it that you find resisting you and standing up in your face? I tell you, In anything in life, in any area of life, there's always a more excellent way available to you as a believer. In your your workplace, in your career, if people are pressing your emotional buttons and trying to get you to react. There's a more excellent way through every situation, through every difficulty, through every season of life. You may be at that door knocking. Lord, Lord, what is the most excellent way? It will be open to you, right before you. It may seem as if you walked into a dead end, but I tell you something now, it may be a dead end to some, but it's a new beginning for you because that door will just open out of nowhere and it'll be a more excellent way through because that's who he is. Seek it. You'll find it. Seek the more excellent way. He'll be wisdom unto you. Seek that more excellent way. You will find it. The Bible guarantees it. And the thing that's caused your mind to reel and the thing that's caused you to back up and say, I don't know where I'm going, suddenly you'll find a way through because God will open the door. He really will. And bring you on through into that more excellent way. Paul says to them, very clearly, he says, love suffers long and is kind. The first facet of this love that Paul shows them and reveals to them as the most excellent way, he says, it can suffer long. It can suffer long. That, you know, love is a, this this suffering um, that Paul talks about in love is a passive quality. It's passive in that you know, when people are trying to draw you out into a quarrel, when people are trying to fight with you, when people are trying to argue with you, when you you're, when when you feel as if your life is getting set up and, you know, it's like this trap's set for you. Sorry for spitting all over the front row. When there's traps set for you, David said, didn't he, he said, My soul escaped like a bird from the snare of a fowler. David pictured his life like a little bird. And the snare of the fowler was set to capture him. But then suddenly his soul escaped from that trap. Why? Because God enabled him to find that more excellent way. From that thing that that had set him up. And when you feel... As if you're, some of us here this morning, we feel as if we're walking from, it's like, it's like walking through a minefield. And you're afraid where you're going to put your next step. Because you, you, you think, you know, this landmine is going to go off. What, and, and it's like, you're wondering what, what way to go. And sometimes you're backing up, sometimes you're going to, from side to side. Sometimes you can edge your way forward, but you're afraid. But God says there's a more excellent way, and that more excellent way will take you through every landmine. It will it will maneuver you through every trap skillfully, because he is the one who is for you. He is not against you. He is leading you on, and you will never be under the heel of what you were under ever again. It's a more excellent way through. And some of us this morning, we may feel as if life has caused us to suffer. And we've been suffering long. But it's love, the love of Christ, that's been shed abroad in your heart, according to to Romans 5.5, that enables you to take the blows. That's what this, this quality of love enables you to do. You can take the punches, you can take the blows, You can take the weight and the pressure of circumstance. You're unable to suffer long. Suffer long. It's a passive quality. It's not reactive. It's not responsive. You just take the hit. You take the hit. And you get hit. But you take it. But then the amazing thing about this love that's inside your heart and inside my heart. This love that enables you to walk in the most excellent of ways is not, it's not only a passive quality, it's an active quality because it's kind. So when you're taking the blow, when you're taking the hit, you're also looking for the opportunity to be kind to the one that's hitting you. What a strange kind of love this is. But it's undefeatable. And it's undeniable when people see it. And that's the power. You say, well, Dave, it's it's impossible. I know. I know. But you see, that love is inside you and I. That love is inside us and it wants to operate through us and it wants to permeate every area of our lives. And when we see it, we'll be amazed by it because this ability to suffer long and to be kind... And to be kind to those that would hurt us is a quality that is God-given and it's placed right in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Think about Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, look at the life of Jesus. And everything he did demonstrated this excellent way. It wasn't a, 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 a set of rules that he followed. He is and he was the most excellent way when he went through everything he went, Isaiah, looking down the corridor of time, said that as, as a sheep was led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Being led to the slaughter, knowing that he was being led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. You know, uh, one thing, my mind just can't get off the mo- at the moment, and my mind keeps going back to it because I'm just... Completely amazed by it. Amazed by it. It's on the last night of Jesus' life. I just keep thinking about it. (laughs) I tell you now. And I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm just amazed. I'm telling you, man. Woo! I, I tell you. You think about Jesus. Think about Jesus. You think about the last night of his life. I can't get my mind off it. Oh, man. He's in that room. Knowing that his hour had come. And this was the hour for which he was born. This was the hour. The very night. The very night that he was going to be betrayed. And he, I can see it. I'm there. I'm there in it all the time. And he said, Father, thank you. I mean, what manner of man is this? What man would say, thank you, Father, for this night? Thank you, Father. This is the night for which I have come. This is, Lord, we got here. Father, we got here at last. And he's there and he's in that room and all of the, his friends his disciples they'd been talking about who is going to be the greatest and who is going to sit on his right hand and who is going to sit on his left hand and it was all about self promotion it was all about going up the ladder it was all about getting ahead it was dog eat dog just like the world has always been and they were around him then and they're around him now it's not changed, friends. The heart of man, the aspirations of the flesh have never changed. It's, it's who can get above another and who can be the greatest. But the king comes into the room. The more excellent of ways comes into the room. And he sees something that everybody else had missed. He sees something that everybody else didn't want to look at. And it was the bowl and the towel. And he takes it. And he takes his robe off and he says, this is the most excellent way that you've missed. This is the most excellent way. And he gets on his knees and he takes up the heel that would be raised against him that David spoke about in the Psalms. And it's prophetic and it's a fulfilling of of things that had been spoken about thousands of years before. And he takes the very heel. That would betray him and he holds it and he washes it tenderly. What is that? That's the most excellent of ways. No man or no woman or no historical figure, no matter how great they are, have ever displayed such an excellent way as Him. He is the most excellent way. Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. There's no angel that can even come near him, friends. My God, some people in the church are talking about angels. What on earth do we want to talk about angels for? When we, when we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory to worship. Angels. Who gives a monkeys about angels? My God, I don't want to see an angel. I want to see the King. Angels. Angels, give me a break. You need to go and get your head checked and start reading your Bible. (sighs) Jesus, he's wonderful. The most excellent. The most excellent of ways. And he takes it and he washes the heel of Judas. And he makes him ready for his work. And he takes the heel of the one that had denied him or would deny him and curse him. And he goes around the room because they'd all fail him. Just like you and me. But when we are faithless, he is faithful. Yes. I can only bring him a faithless, a faithless life. But to that faithless life, he brings his faithfulness and envelops it all. Because I am 100% sinner, saved by a 100% saviour, made 100% saint. He's the king. All eyes on him. All eyes on him, friends. And he washes their feet. And he says, listen, a new command I give to you. The way I've loved you, love one another. This is the most excellent way. He didn't, you know. He didn't say, "Boys, go and upskill yourself. Boys, go into your training programs." No, he brought it all back to who he was, and he says, "Love, love each other that, like I've loved you." And then, <laughs> I tell you, I'm not. I'm. I'm happy believe me oh man and then they go into the garden goes there and Gethsemane means olive press Gethsemane was an olive grove and in that olive grove there was a huge press and Jesus would go places and use things Because they were necessary to symbolically represent what he was going through. So he goes to the garden, it's all set, everything's on time. They thought they were capturing him, they thought they were setting him up. No, he was setting them up. We have to go now, boys. I've got an appointment to keep. But before they come, I'm going to meet my dad. Would you pray? Would you pray with me for an hour? This is the time when I need you. But you see, our ways are not God's ways. We don't have excellent ways like God. Our ways are just human ways, full of flesh and blood, full of sin. Our ways, when he needs us most, we can't, we can't rise into, into where he is and what he does and, and the abandoned life that he has. And they sleep. I would have been sleeping, sleeping in slumber, not knowing the importance of the moment. And he prays the more excellent way, he prays and bleeds as his blood vessels burst under the press, under the press. And the tonnage of that weight of human sin. And he takes the cup of his father. And he says, if there's but another way. Is there another way? And the father quietly says nothing. Is there another way? And he says, no. There's only one way. The most excellent way. And the most excellent way said, father, not my will but thy will be done. One man separated himself from his own will and gave and surrendered his will to do the will of another. No person in human history has ever done it. Try and surrender your will and come command the will of another. I'm telling you, my friends, it's impossible. Only one man has ever done it. Tell me any other man or any other preacher in the New Testament, and they were remarkable men. Tell me any other man in your Bible or woman that's ever prayed a prayer like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. They knew they couldn't do it. They knew that there was only one. That could pray such a prayer. And he is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is only him. That could surrender his will. And he surrendered it. And they came. They came suddenly. And he rose and he woke his friends. And suddenly the garden is filled. With soldiers. There's a a thousand of them. And Jesus says, who, who you come for, boys? We've come for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. In your Bible, he says, I am he. But the he preposition isn't there. In the original Greek, he said, I am. And suddenly they all fell on the floor because God was there in the midst. And they fell flat on the floor. And suddenly they're back up. They're permitted. And Jesus said, do you not know that I could call 10,000 angels? Legions, legions. But this is my hour. And suddenly he hands his own life. He lays his own life down. Peter, fumbling for the sword, looking for his own carnal way. It's his moment too. He pulls his sword out and he takes a man's ear off. Malchus, he chops his ear off. And what does the most excellent way say? Put your sword away. Put it away. And he takes the ear of the man that was going to arrest him and injure him. And he heals it. What way is this? What strange way? What uncommon way? What way is this that would heal an injured enemy? It's the way that Jesus wants to be to all of of, of us. It's the way that Paul was introducing into the Corinthian church that had become hard and cold-hearted. It's his way, not our way. God says, my ways are far beyond your ways. And he goes and he's taken and he's captured. Beaten and whipped. Suffering long. That's his way. And then... We could I could we could go through right from day one in Jesus' life and see how this more excellent way went through into a broken world and into broken lives and offered wonderful provision and alternatives all the time. The more excellent way. And there dying on a cross, even reach into the criminals beside him saying today you'll be with me in paradise and after they'd torn his garments played games at the foot of the cross hurled abuse stripped him naked publicly hanging there naked with all of the comments and Jesus had previously said if I be lifted up I will draw all to me Our Bibles say all men. But no, Jesus was not just confining it to mankind. He was lifted up on that cross and all were drawn to him. The one moment in time where heaven was drawn, all of heaven's attention was drawn to the centerpiece of the cross. The centerpiece that would save mankind. The most excellent way that would redeem mankind and save it forever and ever was drawn to him not only was heaven drawn to that moment but but all of mankind universally was drawn and there has never been a moment in human history where it has been able where man has been able to erase that moment of the cross from history it will always be something that man goes back to it will always be something present that can draw man to god man will never be able to erase it why because jesus said that all would be drawn to him if he were lifted up and he was but not only was heaven drawn not only was mankind drawn but all of hell was drawn because in that he made a public spectacle of them and he was lifted up and the more excellent way having gone through the garden having been beaten having been bruised having been whipped having his side Uh, pierced and his hands and feet pierced and his head crowned and all of the shame and the disgust of it all, the more excellent way at at, at the end of it all said, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What way is this? This is the more excellent way. And this way is the way and the environment, and the atmosphere that his church flourishes in. It's this way that Paul brought the church back to with all of their fighting, with all of their, all of their gossiping, and all of their talking, and all of their want for spiritual things. He said, guys, let's never forget. I want to show you a more excellent way. And when he revealed 1 Corinthians 13 to them, he showed them the agape love of God that we find in Christ. But not only find in Christ, but seeded and shed abroad in our heart. I'm going to ask James to come. Our time is gone this morning. But we're going to continue on this over the weeks Weeks to come. Do you know, I remember, I was just thinking about this just this morning, actually. I remember some, uh, I remember working in, in an engineering factory. And uh, I, was, I was just, you know, young. And there was a lot of, lot of men there. They knew I was a Christian. They knew I loved Jesus. They knew I read the Bible. I would told them lots of times about my faith. And I remember... One day in the canteen, all of them grouped around me, just saying, Dave, what do you believe that stuff for? Jesus isn't real. And they come out with their questions, and they come out with their guns, and they start firing. Jesus is not real. Anyway, the Bible isn't relevant. The Bible, what can the Bible do? It's an ancient book. The Bible's not relevant for life. So me being young and naive posed a little question for him. I said, well, okay. I tell you what. You say the Bible's not relevant? That's right. The Bible's not relevant. I said, well, maybe you can help me then. Because if I've been looking at the Bible and getting my advice from the Bible and it's wrong... Could you help me? Yeah, we'll help you, Dave. Are you serious? Yeah, they said. I said, fantastic. Great. Well, what do you need us to help you with? Well, I need you to help me with life. Right? What do you mean? Well, I need you to give me, just in a few lines. Look. Got some paper, got some pens. Just in a few lines. Write down for me something that I can draw from. When things are hard, when things are tough, when I hit a crisis, when I hit a storm, when I don't know what to do, how can I build my life successfully when it comes to relationships, when it comes to people, when it comes to all of the complexities that that are going on in life? Go on, pen to paper, do it now for me. And they looked at me, blank. Talk about a room going quiet. I said, come on boys, I need, I need something that I can refer to, that I can look back on, that I can take into my future. Just, just you know, three or four lines boys, that's all. You could hear the dialing tone in their heads. Uh... I said, well, all right boys, if you can't give me anything, let me give you something. Their ears went up. Listen to this for a motto for life. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. And I went through it all with them. I said, boys, the Bible isn't so irrelevant, is it, for life? It will give you advice for relational excellence. It will make you successful, not for you, but for him. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise this morning. Woohoo! He is awesome! Jesus, we love you! We love you, Jesus! And we're just going to bow our heads just for a moment. Close our eyes. Do you know... You may be here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. He loves you so much. So, so much. And He wants to show you the way through life. You know, you may be like a car going down a motorway the wrong way. And bumping into everything that's oncoming. It may feel that life's like that. Do you know, Jesus says, I'll hold your hand in life. I'll take this burden of sin and guilt off your back. And you can enter a new living relationship with me. A new life. Not some hard kind of religious duty. But a freedom that you'll never find anywhere else other than him. There's a hole inside you. And Jesus wants to fill that hole. Right now if you would like to pray and just ask him into your heart. It's an invitation. You're going to give him. It's an invitation. The Bible says, "If you call on Jesus, you shall be saved. Right now, I want to pray with you. If you're here. Say this, you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart. I just want to help you. Say, "Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I don't understand everything. But I want you to take my sin. Take it, please. I give it to you. I acknowledge. I recognize today that you are my Savior. Thank you for saving me. I believe you're alive. Now, while eyes are closed if you prayed that prayer just quickly lift your hand up we'll see it give you a little Bible that's all we want to do is there one person here this morning if you don't know Jesus you prayed that prayer for the first time we'll see your hand we'll give you a little Bible if not we'll Close right now, and you can pick up a Bible afterwards if you didn't want to put your hand up. That's fine. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close. We're going to sing. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for that more excellent way that you are. And as we follow you, Lord, through all of the things in life, all of the obstacles, all of the trials, all of the conflicts, there's a more excellent way through it. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.